Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. We kick off a show, as usual, on a Friday with our relationship feature. So today, we're discussing life post-divorce. Yes, life post-divorce, a big D. They say, if you can survive a divorce, my goodness, you are quite something. Leah Sifo is our life and relationship coach. She joins us now on the line. Good afternoon, Leah. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Absolute pleasure. Always great to be here. So how many people survive divorce? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, it's a, yeah, it's just, it's something you never quite get past. Yeah. You learn to live past it, but it, it will be an experience that will impact you for the rest of your life. So what are the challenges with divorce? What is it that makes it so difficult? You know, I think the the biggest thing for me is the is the crash of the picture. You know, the ideal picture you have of a life you're going to have with someone, and the home you're going to buy, and the kids you're going to have, and the adventures you're going to take. And we do fantasize a whole future life when we are in a relationship. And when a divorce comes, a lot of the time, out of the blue or unexpectedly, it's the loss of the life that could have been that is extremely filled. You know, it fills us with a lot of grief, and it's letting go of that picture. It is also a lot of fear comes out of divorce of not knowing how we're going to be on our own, how we're going to make it by ourselves. We become so comfortable having that other in our lives to to bounce all our decisions off of, um, to have a companion that is there every single day. And suddenly the, the, the idea of not having that is it fills people with a, a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear. And especially for women, financial um, worries are a big problem post-divorce because, you know, I'm talking in traditional relationships. Men are usually the breadwinners. They're manage the finances and my experience with with my clients is that women go into a lot of panic about what is my financial stability like you know post divorce so you know it's also a huge loss of self esteem uh, it's it's was I not good enough? How did I fail? Why didn't this work out? Are they going to find someone better? Was it something I did wrong? So so people do tend to turn the attack on themselves a lot in a divorce mm. of, of you know where is the failure and where's my responsibility in that? Is the answer in getting those answers, those responses, or is the answer in moving on and and actually it doesn't really matter what the reasons were? No, both. You, you've got to do the healing and the healing journey really does require a journey of, of introspection, of looking at what went down. You know, uh, Pamela, we're going to carry patterns of, of behavior into relationship after relationship after relationship. And, you know, if you're not taking the time to work through what went wrong in the marriage, what caused the divorce, shifting your thoughts, your behaviors, your patterns around relationship, you are going to just end up recreating that in a new relationship down the line. So you can't can't simply move on unless you've done the work of healing first. So who who's going to give you those answers? So um, you know, if you're not having the conversation with the person who the relationship has broken with, who's mm. going to give you those answers? Are you even sure if you are on mm. the the right path? Because you probably are not getting those responses from that person. Sure. Um, and at the end of the day, the relationship really is about your experience of what was going on in mm -hmm. that relationship. So the work really has to be with a coach, with a therapist, um, with with talk therapy, with processing it from your perspective only. Mm -hmm. We can never understand somebody else's perspective of what went on in the relationship. And I think people in a relationship, never mind in a, out of a divorce, know that. We, we never really understand or know what our partner's perception of the relationship is. All we know is our own. So all we can focus on 
on is what happened for us. Where did communication break down for us? Where did our behavior start becoming unworkable? Where did we go unconscious? And and the themes are very similar in all divorce. So it's it would be great if you could get the feedback from the person that you're separating from. But I understand that there's a lot of anger and a lot of upset um, in a divorce where that communication may not be possible. It doesn't stop you doing the work on yourself. So what you're saying is what you can do is to let go of that other person's story and, and do your yes. story. Because sometimes Absolutely. that's where the obsession lies, you know, where you're so hung up on trying to get the other person's story, you haven't quite dealt with what's going on with you. Absolutely. And, 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 is, and here's the question, is knowing their story going to change your pain? Hmm. No. Their story is going to be their story. You know, people waste a lot of time trying to understand something. At the end of the day, it has happened. The event has occurred. You've got to move on keeping your focus on yourself. Because if you keep your focus on the other person constantly and you're in that anger and you're in that revenge and you're wanting to get back at them or you're wanting to go through the same conversation 20, 30, 40 times, all you are doing is taking energy away from your own healing and walking forward on your own path. It keeps you stuck. I'm going to ask you a, a, a follow-up question on that, Leah, uh, but let's just take a quick break. And let me also ask you to start calling in. You know, it's quite a it's quite a sensitive one. It needs time. Start calling in and Leah maybe just maybe is uh, is the person to give you some sort of guidance. 0891-104-207. By no means is a radio show going to fix it all, but maybe we can start you on, on the right path. Um, 0614-104-107 is the WhatsApp number if you want to send a voice note. At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. All right. It's our relationship feature and Leah Sifo is a life and relationship coach. She's with us to talk life post-divorce. And Leah, you know, you had made the point before we went to the break about leaving someone else's story behind. Deal with you and do you and maybe that's the way to go forward. Often people find that if only I understood what what that what I did wrong, you know, from that other person's perspective, maybe then I'll get it because I surely don't see where I have gone wrong. Um, what tools does does that kind of an individual need to move on? You know, I think that I think that the work around doing doing the work on yourself is getting to a place of absolutely um, knowing that you are conscious in all of your behaviors and that you are doing the best you know how at any given moment in the relationship. Beyond that, you have no control. So even if your partner comes at you and says, oh, you could have done more, you could have been more, if in yourself you know you were doing everything, Mm. you've got to settle with that knowledge and that Mm self-trust. And we have to stop always trying to be informed by somebody else in terms of who we know ourselves to be. Mm. So, you know, of course, first prize is getting feedback from your partner. You know, this is how we grow is tell me what I did wrong. Tell me how it can be another way. But please always remember that that we have got filters between us and everybody else that determine how we perceive communication, how we perceive reality. So for you, something may be so completely clear. And for your partner, it will be completely opposite because their filters are confusing that for them. And mm. you have no idea what their filters are. Mm. So, yes, you want to hear their story, but understand that it's through filters, you know, that may not be your truth. Nicole is is one of our guests as well, who's going to, you know, join this conversation and, and tell us her story. I believe she's already on the line. Nicole, good afternoon. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much. So you how long have you been divorced for? 
probably going on seven years now. And and how was that journey for you, Nicole? Um, it's the, the before the getting divorced or no, no. after the, getting divorced. The, the, the post, you know, one, once everything was clear that this, this is it and it's over. Uh, okay, I find it very energizing. All this energy just came back right into me. It was very scary mm-hmm. um, financially, as as Leah mentioned. But um, I just I had so much energy. I ran a full marathon yeah. without even um, a proper running training team. So um, yeah, that's how much energy I had to give to myself. So it was very very empowering. So you found mm-hmm. that quite empowering. The you know the 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 end of a one chapter and the beginning of a new one. Yes, yes. Um, you feel quite lost and um, you don't know where to go, but it's also very exciting. It's a whole brand new slate and it's a whole new life to fill. And and how have you been since? How has life been for you since? Um, my life has been one roller coaster ride. <laughs> um, I just I haven't stopped um, pushing my comfort zones and trying out all sorts of new different things and just learning. It's been a whole journey of self-learning and learning all about myself. So it's, it's been very exciting and um, very emotional as well. Mm. Em- emotionally, what, what were the things that were the most challenging for you? You spoke about the finances, but, you know, emotionally, what did you find most challenging? I think it was facing myself. Uh, when I was married, I could purely focus on the other person and all their issues, all their insecurities. And as soon as that person was gone, I only had myself to face and um, that was very very scary it was quite painful um, I realized a lot of patterns about myself and learning to this about self-trust and um, how to please myself um, mm. yeah that was that was quite a quite a journey mm. you want to add something Leah no, I think I think what what always happens is we we don't understand how much energy of us is focused on our partner, and it's easy to avoid our own stuff when we're making it all about our partner being wrong. And suddenly, when our partner's not there anymore, we ha- it's like a big fat mirror. We have to take a long hard look at our own behaviors that contributed to the to the failing of the marriage. So it's it is it's it's a common thing that I hear, like Nicole is saying, is that suddenly I had to face myself, and it was scary mm. um, because I'd been making it so much about the other. I, I wasn't counting myself in the equation what's your view of marriage now Leah would you do it again I'm so sorry Leah Nicole (laughs) (laughs) um yes I would but I would not do it in a rush Hmm. very very slowly um I would probably test every comfort zone um every everything before I I got married (laughs) are you are you comfortable sharing with us what you have learned about yourself um, I think uh, the big ones are, um, the very first one is uh, being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's very, very tough to be vulnerable and be your true self um, in front of that other person and um, to be able to trust that they will give you that space um, to, to be that person. Um, also to learn how to let go. Mm-hmm. Very, very important. Um, if something's not working, um, let it go and focus on something else. Um, that's quite a tough one. Um, I think the difference between um, putting up walls and establishing boundaries. Um, yeah, I learned like um, boundaries is like having your own house. So people can knock on the door and walls, nobody can get in and nobody can get out. Are you a different type of a partner now? 
Yes, yes, I'm definitely a different type of partner. Um, I'm very much more authentic. Um, I feel like I have a lot more to give than I used to be able to. Um, so I feel like I'm a little bit more selfish as well. <laughs> um, yes, yes. Wow. Thank you so much for your story, Nicole. Thank you for sharing that. And, and thank you and all the best to, to to you. And I don't know if you've got a partner now, but for, for your future. Thank you very much. Thanks, Nicole. <laughs> Leah, you know, um, what we, we didn't touch on is we touched on Nicole and her experience. But we what we didn't touch on is the complexities of it with children. Because mm. therein lies another layer. Mm. A whole other layer, and, and it's a really hard one, and I can't say that there's an easy way. Um, it, it requires patience. It requires a lot of attention with the kids, and, and always um, adults have to adults going through the divorce have to remember that no matter what their rage and anger with each other is, at the end of the day, you want the best for your children. And it's learning how to dialogue about a workable way in terms of maintenance, in terms of visitation, in terms of custody, in terms of you know um, schooling and supporting each other because you're now becoming co-parents and you know you don't want to be in a relationship with each other it doesn't change the fact that you have the, the, these kids together um so i do find that people tend to use children as a weapon in a divorce which, which really it's it's unworkable and unacceptable you know be you've got to be big enough to understand that no matter what you're going through the child's stability and safety has to be a priority and that's you know we were saying last time about getting therapy for your kids to understand the process of what is going on and taking time to let everybody arrive into the new reality of a divorce a lot of people sometimes want to get very quickly into dating very quickly into bringing new partners into the picture it's very disruptive for a child so children have to understand and 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 again they've also got a whole picture of what a family looks like and a divorce totally dissolves that picture and a child has to now reevaluate what a whole family dynamic looks like for them and it's really hard especially when they're little and they don't really understand what's going on so please a lot of focus on the and just making it workable with them Let's take your calls on 0891-104-207. We'll take your voice notes as well on 0614-104-107. But let's go to Uti Lesaku for the latest in headlines before we come back with those calls. It's 1.30. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. We are having our relationship feature and my guest is Leah Sofa uh, Sifo, who is a life and relationship coach and we're discussing life post-divorce and your experiences are more than welcome. Um, give us a call on 0891-104-207 or you can send us a voice note on 0614-104-107. Colin, you're calling us from Cape Town. Good afternoon, Colin. Good afternoon, Pamela and your guest. Good afternoon. Now, there are so many um, different categories of divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, there's cheating that is more painful if the one partner is very faithful to the other one and then after five years or so or 10, 20 years cheating gets put in and another partner gets moved in that is painful but now you get people that divorce after three years they understand each other they understand they can't live together and so and so I know of some divorced people which are still best of friends today you know, and um, so some people get over a divorce. It all depends what yeah, what caused the divorce, you see. Mm. Now, I heard your guest talking about it's very painful when you go through a divorce. Mm-hmm. But what is painful 
Imagine having a partner married for 40 odd years and you lose your partner. It's very hard to overcome that, which I know of many people that are divorced. Within a couple of months, they smiling and laughing at each other and saying, no, we did the best thing. We did the right thing. Get divorced. But in another category is when the children are there. That is more painful. You know? mm. So there's quite... People get over the divorce very quick, some people, and some people don't. All depends on circumstances, what causes the divorce. And 90% of it is looking at other male or another woman or cheating or something like that. That is what I call a real painful divorce, especially if you are very faithful to your, your, your spouse, whatever partner you are, he or she, you know? Yes. Thank do you understand what I'm trying to say? I, I do understand what you're saying, Colin, and I really appreciate you, you bringing those points through, Colin, there in Cape Town. Leah, he's talking a lot about sometimes the cause of the divorce being part of what makes it so painful. Even though you've made the call and it's the decision to move on. No, absolutely. And, and you know, he mentioned cheating a lot. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of, you know, I, I am a divorce coach. I work with a lot of couples going through divorce. And everybody thinks divorce is about infidelity. And it actually makes up a small percentage of what I work with with people. Um, people outgrow each other. They want different things. And they move into different parts of their lives. So absolutely the cause um, can uh, can shift. I, I agree with him completely that people can find um, a really great uh, amicable par- uh, parting and continue to be great friends. I've seen a lot of that and people reframing their relationships. But the cause is when there is a betrayal um, and the betrayal could be a cheating. The betrayal could be, um, you know, stealing money from the joint bank account. Uh, you know, the betrayal could be a whole lot of things. Um, yes, definitely the cause because the, the cause can bring the shock of the unknown or the unexpected. Mm. And that's harder to get over. Where you think you knew this person and suddenly yes. you, 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 you realize that's not quite the case. There's a voice note that's come through, Leah. Let's take a listen. Hi, good afternoon. This is Quentin Enable speaking. Um, I'm listening to your show. And yeah, it is so true. Um, I came through a divorce about a couple of years ago and I'm remarried. Um, you know, when, when the thing struck me it's I when I went to the psychologist and the lady asked me it's amazing that you are just concentrating on myself on yourself and uh, you know it is so important then when you get out of the out of a marriage and it's not working and you're getting divorced the best thing is to do is always just to to reflect on yourself because it's so easy just to point fingers and say that it is your your partner that is brought you where you are to way at this point but it's not just that it's you need to look inside yourself find peace in yourself and by that you can actually move forward today me and my ex-wife we are best of friends because it's not about us it's about our kids and i had to go through um what i went through and even been coached by other people, uh, you know, just to have a, a better understanding. Because the one thing I said to myself is, is not to fight. And we need to look at the solution. And my solution that I came to was just concentrate on myself, work on myself, and just better myself. And you will see it will, it will just put you in a most positive mind frame. 
Hi, this is Jenna from, from Durban. I have to say that the best thing I ever did for myself was to get divorced. Yes, it was stressful and everything, but I did myself the best favor ever. I've become a better person. I've become, oh just a whole totally new different person and i love the new me and i actually stayed divorced for 19 years before i actually got married again so yeah sometimes divorce is good for the soul <laughs> she's laughing she's even laughing isn't that great i mean you hear that a lot sometimes i mean it takes a while for people to get there but where if somebody says you know actually Yes, it was painful. Yeah. Yes, I was kicking and screaming. But you know what? That was the best decision for both of us. Absolutely. And it's so freeing. It is so liberating when you can get to the place of going, you can no longer fulfill my needs. I can no longer fulfill yours. I love myself enough to want something different for myself. And I love you enough to want you to go and be happy somewhere else. You know, wanting the best for your partner is a big part of a divorce in a workable way. Mm. And, and you know, people are afraid all the time and they let fear keep them stuck in a marriage that is not okay for years and when people should have walked away much earlier so you can hear it in her voice the absolute freedom and liberation she felt just reclaiming a life she wanted and it's often also sometimes the best thing for your children yes believe it or not oh, absolutely and i can i can really say you know i've worked with a lot of families and children um parents who think they have to stay together for the sake of the kids it is really not a good decision because your children hate the environment they are living in they know the stress they know the tension everybody's walking on eggshells in the home and it, it creates a lot of anxiety stuff in kids and a lot of people who were children in unhealthy homes will say, I just wish my parents had gotten divorced. Mm. It just would have been a much easier environment. So don't buy the myth that you think you have to stay together for the sake of your kids. It's not necessarily the right thing to do. Karina is going to be joining us after the break and she has children. And we'll talk to her after this and hear how her journey of uh, divorce has been with her 14-year-old. You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. We continue our conversation around life after divorce. I'm with life and relationship coach Leah Sifo. And uh, we've got Karina on the line who has a 14-year-old son, has been divorced for a while. I think, Karina, welcome to the show. Welcome to the discussion. Thank you very much for having me. How long have you been divorced for, Karina? Almost seven years. And does it feel like a long seven years or has it? does it feel like it happened just the other day? It's been up and down seven years. Is it? There's been some really great times and there's been some really challenging times. How, how old was your son when you got divorced? He was seven. Of course, of course, because he's 14 now. And and yeah. your your highlights or your, your lowest lows? Well, the highlights were that I had finally had the freedom that I wanted. Mm. Um, I felt very trapped in the marriage, especially towards the end. And after I got divorced, I felt very free and I could do what I wanted to do and I could make all the decisions that I wanted to make. So it was very empowering for me. Mm-hmm. Were there scary moments? I mean, um, you said, you know, you were feeling quite trapped. Were, were, were there other elements that were quite scary about leaving the marriage? Yes, there is always uh, um, issues. Um, financially, I didn't feel secure at that time. I wasn't employed. So um, I didn't have money, and, uh, but I did it anyway. You know, Karina, that's such a big thing. Um, and I wonder if you can highlight to those who are listening who are probably right where you were then. 
how how did you finally make the call even though as you said you were not employed you were worried about your finances at the time well um i just couldn't stay yeah. and i knew that i had to leave for my own sake and for my son's sake mm. um my ex-husband and myself went to go and see a child psychologist who advised that um, it was best for us to leave the marital home or for me to leave with my son uh, because it was confusing after we got divorced to stay together. We did that for about three months because of finances. And when I left, I had nothing. Um, I pretty much left with a bag and my son, and um, I haven't looked back. Hmm. And and did you get support uh, making that call to just walk away? How, how did you make it? Um, yes, I did have support. I, uh, my parents helped me and, and um, helped me with finding a flat. And um, Matthew and I moved in there and we lived there for three months. And then I moved again. The one thing that did happen post-marriage was the amount of times that I've moved. I think I've probably moved about five times yeah. in seven years. Yeah. So the, un- the unsettlingness and the uncertainty was the biggest challenge. What was the biggest lesson, Karina? Pardon? What was the biggest lesson for you through this entire process? Um, I think the biggest lesson was that I learned to trust myself. Mm-hmm. I learned to believe in myself. Um, I started working on my self-worth and my um, self-love. So there was a lot of work that I needed to do on myself, which I have done mm-hmm. um, and I continue to do. Um, yeah, and I've just probably enjoy life a lot more um, because I've got the freedom that I wanted. When you look back and and you are now where you are, you know, at the moment, what would you have told mm-hmm. yourself then um, that you now know? Um, yeah, I, 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 can you repeat the question? What, what would you have said to yourself at the very beginning when, when it was all very new, um, that you now know? What what would you say to your younger self, I suppose, then? Um, I would definitely say that you've got this, you can do it, mm. do what you want, live your life, make your choices, um, and don't look back. Thank you so much for mm. your story, Karina. Thank you very much for sharing that. It's really quite a, an encouraging story. Ben, you're calling us from Durban. Good afternoon, Ben. Yes, yes. Um, Pamela, it's, um, um, you know, I uh, hear... Uh, I don't know. Yes, we're right here, Ben. Yes, um, um, the comment that you, uh, some people make, they say is the best decision, and they think everything is fine. But let's say there are children involved. Some people they say no, it's okay. But we don't know what are these children going through. I'll give you just one example mm-hmm. where a boy, a ten-year-old, see, uh, my, I would say I'll give you an example of my daughter. She's she she's seven. She's asking another boy, mm-hmm. "What is your dad?" And the boy says, I don't know, he's around, but he doesn't come. So, the, and then he carries on and says, it's, it's very complex. Then the child carries on and says, I don't know why he's my dad. Yes, for one person, it's okay for the divorce, because those people want to move on, whatever they, have, they are involved in. But we cannot say 100% that it's the best, it's for the best for the children. I'm a, I'm a product of a divorced family. So you don't know what's going in my mind. 
Yeah, but I, Ben, I don't think anybody said it's the best for everybody. I mean, as you can hear, everybody says, for me, it was the best thing for me. It was the best thing for that particular person. Um, yes. By no means, I think the, the, there is no blanket answer. I don't know what, whether, what you want to add to that, to, to, to that, Leah. I just think it's important to educate children on the fact that there's no such thing as a normal family dynamic. And we live in a, in a, in a world where there are all different types of families. A lot of families don't have two parents. A lot of families um, have gone through divorces. So to educate your own children to say, you know, if your friend is going through something like this, understand it's okay. Don't compare and go, well, you're not like my family, so something must be wrong. Um, to put pressure on children to think that, you know, it's, it's not normal. Um, you're right. We don't know what the best is. And that's where psychologists come in, is that they, they are experts at assessing a child's mental health and, and looking at what is best for them. So don't also do what your friends did, um, you know, what you read on, on, on Google, um, even what you hear on this show. You know, you, this is all just uh, uh, different perspectives to consider. But at the end of the day, you have to do what is best for you and your family. But ben, you, you, you just made the point that you're a product of a divorced um, family. Yes. How, yes. how did the divorce in your home as a child affect you? I also want to just say, bearing in mind that your children may not be like you. You're right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you, you see, that's what I'm saying. We actually don't know what mm. divorce causes. Because, for example, um, you know, for, especially for African people, where I only found out when I was 14 that my stepmom is not my mother. But mm. these things have affected me later now when I go back, I'm 48, now I go, for, I go back in my life. Mm. Now I can see, I didn't see my mother. My mother left me when I was two years old. Mm. No one knows. I don't have a, a mother-son relationship with my biological mom mm. because I didn't know her. Mm. Mm. So, so she so, left. So, so, so how, how, best. how did it affect you? Did no, it has, it, I'm, I don't have a relation of mother-son relationship with my, my biological mom because... She, she thought it was best for, for the family, for my dad and my stepmom, to carry on with their lives. But Ben, so, do you hear what I'm asking you? I'm, yes. not, I'm asking you, so maybe let me make yes. it, maybe, maybe put it this way. Emotionally, how yes. has it affected you? Not, not what's happened. Mm. How, how are yes. you dealing okay. with it? I, uh, I, uh, to be honest, mm. I don't know. Mm. I, I just don't know because, uh, like I said, I don't, I don't call my mom. Mm. I don't, we don't speak uh, because I don't. She's a friend to me. Mm -hmm. she's, my, she's my mother, but I don't know her. I know she didn't raise me. Mm -hmm. So it's just, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pr probably what I was trying to get at. It's, it seems like it is hard. Have you seeked help? Have you have you uh, tried to address I, it? I, and uh, I don't. I don't think anyone ever going to help because it's mm -hmm. something is in my heart. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Okay, Ben, Ben there in uh, Durban. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back with more. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide, leading the conversation. We are discussing life after divorce, and thank you so much for trusting us with your stories. 0891104207. I'm in a conversation with Leah Sifo, who is a life and relationship coach. She's here also to, I suppose, give some guidance if you need it, but you can just share your story. You don't have to ask for guidance as well. Let's start with Anonymous in Cape Town. Hi, Anonymous. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Thank you. Um, my story is that I got divorced in 2017, mm -hmm. uh, but today my ex-wife, my wife, 
uh, my ex-wife's boyfriend, all of the four of us are friends. We're good <laughs> friends today. And we act as co-parents to our children. Lovely. That's um, wonderful. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the joke is that the the, the society or the, the in our circles, the people yeah. don't like the four of us <laughs> because... <laughs> Because they involved themselves in our divorce and they took sides. Ah. And now that we're all getting along, guess who's got the egg on their faces? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, it's actually quite a lovely story to tell, Anonymous, yeah. because exactly, people get left behind, right? You know, people take exactly. sides and they get left behind. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's yeah. a lovely one. Thank you so much for that account, uh, Anonymous in Cape Town. Let me go to Anonymous now in Durban. Hi, Anonymous. Hi, Pamela. Hi, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Greetings mm. um, to your guests as well. Pamela, mm. um, mine is a bit of a strange story actually because my my now partner is divorced. Mm-hmm. He's got a 10-year-old son from the previous divorce, right? Mm-hmm. And the relationship with his, his ex is fairly okay, but at some point uh, they struggled with the son, so the son ended up staying with him full time. Mm-hmm. I've also got a daughter from a previous relationship who's six years old. So after we, we're in a customary marriage now, and then we stay together at some point. Um, but then I started to notice that he's, he's, he's almost like somebody who's very controlling, who likes to control the environment that is in, how things are done, and how the children behave. And that, like, unsettled me a lot because, mm-hmm. on my, on the other hand, um, I'm very liberal when it comes to how I raise kids. I like to allow them to explore mm-hmm. and grow and, and be in a supportive environment. Mm-hmm. And this one time, I got called to the school because the 10-year-old had a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. You know, the child was so anxious and he was crying because he hadn't done his homework, you know. Mm-hmm. And when I had a conversation with him about this, he just said, oh, no, he would rather he has a breakdown now than have a breakdown when he's an adult because life is not always going to cushion him. And this was such a strange sort of narrative to me. And I don't know if I'm just being overly analytic, but Mm. I'm really having second thoughts about spending the rest of my life with this kind of person, you know? It's, yeah. it's an interesting one, Leah. Don't, don't leave. Uh, Leah, I mean, I want you to weigh in on this. So she's, the warning bells are here. And, and she's saying, before we even get to that marriage, I don't know about this. Yeah. You know, when in doubt, listen to your gut. And um, that is, it's, you know, a child having a nervous breakdown at school because they're worried about the marks just shows the immense pressure they are under thinking that the parent loves them more for the marks that they achieve for who they are as a person. So it's concerning that he feels totally okay with this child having this terrible breakdown. So that really has to be addressed. And look, there's a difference between controlling and and having clear boundaries. Controlling behavior is always a red flag for me in a relationship. It can escalate to being a very dominating dynamic in a relationship. I have no idea who this man is with. I can't. I can't comment on him, you know, on, on on his side of what is going on. But sometimes with a new relationship, it's incredibly important to sit and put proper boundaries in place. This is what I want. This is what I don't want. This is how it is okay for me, for you to speak to my child. What would you like for me to do with your child? Um, we, we have to discuss the rules and ground rules in a home. And, and controlling adults bring a lot of fear into children. Mm. And it, ha- it has to be addressed quite urgently. Have you had the conversation? 
conversation with him? I mean, not not the meltdown conversation, uh, the incidental conversation, but have you had the overall conversation about your unease with what's happening? Yeah. Yes, I have, Camilo. And, and it was much, much later because mm. immediately when it happened, I just sort of managed that situation mm. and then helped it out through it. But mm. much later, we then had the conversation about it. And that's when I then got to understand that his understanding of raising children is that mm. you really need, you need to create boundaries, but I think there's a fine line, you know, between creating boundaries mm. and then creating an environment that induces anxiety on children. And I think that's where we we are missing each other. You know, that he's he's a bit extreme yeah. in his in his way. So you you yeah. are feeling this is not quite what I like. That's basically what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, mm. I'm, I'm getting worried a little bit, especially because I have a child of my own mm. and I I have envisioned the kind of environment that I'd like it to grow up in, mm. you know. Mm. So, yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm going to put you back to the producers. They'll give you some assistance with getting the right person to talk to. I think you need to talk to somebody. Yeah. Thanks, Camilla. Thank Thanks. you really for calling. It. Thank you. Eric, okay. um, you're calling us from Cape Town. Good afternoon, Eric. Good afternoon. Thanks for picking my call. Sure. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, I want to digress a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, this issue about divorce, mm. we need to begin to look at the root cause of some of the things. Until we are able to identify the root cause, we'll only be microwaving this issue. It has got its own historical antecedents. You may find some divorce, it's a heredity in some family. It's a heredity, it's a natural thing. Over and above that, divorce comes when two people are unable to find a common ground and compromise on a lot of basic things. Without compromise, and both parties will have to take an entrenched position to say, that is me, that is you, it's definitely going to have a collapse end at the end of this marriage. Over and above that, this divorce is not helping. It is the reason why we have so much crime, single family. I think SAFM must begin to preach or get people to talk about living together as family, man and a woman as children. Single family is the is the is what has created a lot of crime in this country. Because most parents are unable to manage the, 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 the dilemma between the child and the parents. So some children find it difficult to say, I want to live with my mother or I want to live with my father. This gap is where we have a crack and we are unable to manage our children. I think we need to look at it very carefully. It is the reason why we are losing the touch. I, I'm, I am telling from experience that myself and my mother, we are unable to connect. It's the honest truth. She did nothing to me. I didn't save my father. I didn't save my mother. I saved my grandmother. But we are unable to talk. We are unable to connect. Because from my infancy... At the age of five or six, I grew up with the grandmother until I finished tertiary. You can just imagine. And I only begin to have that connection with my mother when I was about 24, 25. I'm already working. 
So there are a lot of people in that situation, and it's creating a mess in families. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm appealing to families, couples, please let us compromise on many positions, many things that we take, and live for the sake of the children and ourselves. Otherwise, the crime rate will continue, and we are, we are not going to manage this. We can blame whatever regime, we can blame apartheid, we can blame who and who, we will never have a solution. All right, Eric, let's just leave it there and take a quick uh, voice note um, for Leah. Pimelo, now I met a woman on the 1st January 1986. We divorced the 1st January 1996, and we remarried 1st January 2006. Then 2007, she gave me a child, and then I named her Serenity. And ten years time, she gave me a child and I named her Righteousness, and I'm living a happy life. I've got an experience what the divorce is about. You'll suffer not having a wife. Now I'm living a happy life. It's Adida in Bushpark Ridge. I, you know what? I, the, my intention was not to laugh at the story, but Adida, it says you will suffer. You will suffer. <laughs> Quickly, I mean, the, the it does happen. People get divorced, go back to each other. The yeah. very same yeah. person, you know, that couple are re- reconnecting because it just wasn't the right decision. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and uh, so many people think that they, 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 they're missing out on so much, which is why they get the divorce, because they're looking for stuff outside of the relationship. And then when they're away, they realize that they actually had that stuff in the relationship all the time. They just weren't working on enhancing it and creating stronger bonds around that. It's very common. I see this a lot with people who go through a divorce and then get back into a relationship a few years later. Sure. So, um, it's it, you know, and, and the caller before, we're talking about values in relationship. And, yes, there has to be an alignment of values or your relationship is simply not going to work. And I, I've, I've got a point of view about compromise because I think compromise for me is where both people get what they never really wanted in the first place. And, and it's not about selling yourself out or making yourself smaller for the sake of the marriage. That is not going to lead to a healthy partnership. So a, an alignment of values is really important. And uh, I think a few callers today have touched on how necessary that is. It was lovely talking to you, Leah. Thank you so much for making the time. Um, all the best. We'll speak sure. again soon. Leah Sifo Bye. is a life and relationship coach, and that will be available as a podcast. Two o'clock, let me go to Utsi Lusaku for the latest in SABC News.